I've got to figure this out. Like I need to learn this thing because like I can already tell this is going to be a game changer for me. Um, and of course the first like few times I used it, I was like, I'm trash. I can't do this. Like all the photos were darker, blurry and terrible. And, but I spent so much time. I mean, I would come in every Saturday and Sunday, whether I had, whether I had actual clients or not. And I would book a model and I would be there for 13 hours, like literally all day, just like doing the color, doing the wardrobe, doing the makeup, putting together a photo shoot, practicing on the camera until I figured it out. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way, and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I'm so excited to introduce to you today. This girl is one badass creative colorist. She's a photographer, a full-time behind-the-chair visual editor. She's the One Shot Hair Awards winner and nine-time nominee. Welcome to the podcast, Meg Schipani. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. That was quite the intro. you are you guys you have to make sure to follow meg on her instagram i'm going to make sure to um link how to find meg at the in the show notes but you guys she her colors are so amazing your your instagram feed is just like amazing thank you thanks so meg i want everybody to know everything about you and i always like to to know how do you get involved in the beauty industry Um, so honestly, I feel like it kind of fell into my lap. Um, I never in a million years would imagine that. I mean, there's so many things I wouldn't imagine, especially now that I'm like living in LA. Um, but I would, I never, I mean, I didn't even style my own hair. I didn't color my hair, anything like I would never, ever think I'd be a hairdresser. Um, but it kind of just like came landed in my lap at like a time when I kind of like needed some kind of new, well, any direction at all, honestly. Um, And so, so what happened was I was basically, I'm from Maryland. So I live in LA right now, but I was born and raised in Maryland, lived my whole life there um, in a pretty small town. And I was working um, at a little sandwich shop (laughs) And I was riding my bike there. I was living with my boyfriend at the time. Um, I didn't have a car. So I was like literally working at this place down the street and I was working there full time. But then during like the winter time, um, they started to like lose business a little bit. So I was working like two days a week and then sitting on my butt in the in the in my basement apartment, just like watching Lifetime <laughs> and my best friend's mom, who 
um, was definitely like a very big role model for me and kind of like, you know, somebody that I looked up to and valued her opinion and kind of like wanted to make proud. She was like, you can't, you need to be doing something. Like you can't just be sitting around watching TV all the time. Like I was, I was like kind of depressed because like I wasn't really doing anything. I was just kind of like sitting around. So she was like, I saw, um, both of her daughters are, are friends, are my friends. So she was like my, her youngest daughter's best friend posted on her Facebook that the salon needed somebody to work the front desk. She was like, I saw this, you should just go apply. Who knows? You might like it. Like you're a creative person, try it out. And I was like, okay. So I applied. Um, I didn't hear back from them for like a month. So I was pretty sure I didn't get it. And then um, the salon manager called me and was like, can you come in and do a working interview? They hired me that day. So I, it was just another job for me, honestly. Like it was just another, it was just a full-time job. Like I could have been working anywhere is kind of how I felt. Um, but I started working there. I liked it. Like I really, I enjoyed being there. Like it was a fun environment. Um, I still was never even thinking about doing hair. Uh, and then my boss hired me like as a salon manager there. So I started like being a manager and like a front desk manager and I liked that too, but I was kind of feeling like I wasn't fulfilling like my creative needs. Like it was great, but I felt like something was kind of missing and she suggested that I do the apprentice program. So I know not all states have it, but in Maryland you can do like a pro basically like an apprentice program and it takes two years and like a certain amount of hours and you can get your license that way. So she suggested that because I had like dropped out of college and she was like, you're, she basically was like, you're doing nothing with your life right now. Like, why don't you just try this? So I did. And I hated it, honestly. Like I still didn't, what had no connection to hair. So to me, it just kind of felt like apprenticeships are pretty grueling. So it's a little bit like, if that's not your passion and you're not like, oh, I'm work, this is like working for something that I really want to do. It kind of just feels like, a crappy job, which is what I felt like to me. I tried to quit so many times. My boss was like, just finish one thing in your life. Like just freaking finish this job, get your license. And then you at least will have something that you can fall back on. Like if life doesn't take you where you want, or if you don't end up going back to school or whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. So <laughs> I finished it, got my license, still wasn't really loving hair. Um, and then I would say like after I took my first creative color model, that was a big turning point for me because I was kind of like, oh, like this, this could be something I just, I just connected to creative color. It felt like an outlet for me. Um, the salon that I worked at was just like, it was very suburban. It was mostly like gray coverage highlights, which is fine. It's a bread and butter, but like, I just, it didn't really feel I wasn't connected with connected to that at all. So I took my first creative color model, which was, was a disaster by the way, but I was like, this is, <laughs> this is cool. So that kind of like, um, was a turning point moment for me. Um, and I started just like taking more creative color models and like practicing on whoever would let me basically. And it's evolved into, a lot of different things over the years, but that's like kind of how I got started. I know that's a long, that was a long story, but that's kind of like how I got into the industry. I love that. And Meg, I think a lot of people can relate to that because 
when you go to beauty school or you do an apprentice program, you have to be very well-rounded, right? And not all the times are we thinking that finger waves and perms are our jam, <laughs> what we really want to do. So like, I'm glad that you stuck it out until you found something that was like, yeah, yes, this definitely. feels right. This feels like I'm in the sweet spot of what I'm For meant sure. to do. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I didn't, um, I mean, I had, we had classes, my boss would teach us classes like Mondays or, you know, once or once or twice a month, but there wasn't like a beauty school curriculum. So honestly, a lot of, a lot of what I learned, I learned, I was very lucky at the time that I kind of came into doing hair, um, influencers and Instagram was like popping off for hairdressers. So there was like tons of videos, tons of people educating. Like I came in at, at, a, at the perfect time, honestly. And I really do feel like it has a big, um, it had a big impact on my career. The timing did, um, in all, in all aspects, the timing of when I got the job, the timing of when I came into the industry, but, um, but yeah, so I didn't have like a super structured curriculum. And most of what I learned was just like watching other people, a lot of trial and error, like a lot of trial and error. And then, you know, just like seeing things on Instagram that inspired me a lot. But I failed my state board the first time so bad. Girl, it was rough because I didn't have that. Like <laughs> I had never done a finger wave or a perm. I was like watching YouTube videos on like how to do a perm. And it was a struggle. It was so embarrassing. I had to like kick my pride up off the floor after I failed the first time. And like, I had to take a minute before I could go back and retake it. Cause it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, I'd have to say like for myself, when I'm hiring hairstyles and whatnot, I never, I don't care what you Oof. got on the test. I just need to know if you're, if yeah. you're licensed. So <laughs> I, yeah, I feel you. So I'm curious. So you went through this apprentice program. How long did you stay at that salon um, with them? And, and what was, what happened next? So I went through the apprentice program. So the way it worked was basically like you had to get, um, it was a 24 month program. And it basically was like a certain amount of hours a month went towards your apprenticeship. But I was working way more hours than what was going towards the apprenticeship, which was fine because I was getting paid. So not only was I learning, but I was getting paid, which is a sweet gig. Um, and I was getting paid a good amount because when I first started there, I was making like salon manager pay and then it switched over to apprentice and she didn't dock my pay. She kept me where I was, which was amazing of her. Um, and I was also like making tips from shampooing. So it was great. Like I was getting, I was basically like getting paid to learn, um, which was amazing, but I did that. And then the next step in the program was something called bridging. And basically it was like, um, it was like one day a week we would have like whoever was in the program would work. And it was usually on a Monday cause that was like the day where we were pretty slow, um, and it was only a few people worked on Monday. So we would come in on Monday and we legit would take whatever walked in off the street because our prices, our haircuts were free. Our colors were like $20. So we had, I mean, I had some wild people coming in, like wild, like people that had done their hair at home, people who have tried to cut their hair, people who literally were just like coming in because the haircut was free and would like, like sit there and like direct me on how to do their haircut, like just crazy situations that were very stressful for somebody who like 
one, wasn't really totally convinced at all that they wanted to even be doing this in the first place. And two, like literally knew, had no idea what they were doing. So my boss would like come over basically and kind of like supervise the service. Um, so that was like, I did that for probably like six months, I would say. Um, and then I started on the floor as like a junior stylist. So I was on my own, like reins cut loose. <laughs> I was doing, you know, I mean, I was asking for a lot of help from other stylists, but like it wasn't supervised like it was before. I had like legit prices. I mean, granted, they were definitely a lot lower than like a level one stylist, but um, I was a junior stylist and that was like kind of when I started like learning more about what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, we didn't really, we still didn't really have the luxury of being like, I'm not taking that client. My boss was, was pretty strict about us, like not really saying no to anything, which terrified me at the time. And I felt very like anxious and it made me, I felt so stressed most of the time that I was doing hair in the beginning, which I know a lot of people do, but I, I didn't like, I wasn't like annoyed with her or anything, but I was like, Oh, I wish she would just like, I don't want to take all these clients, but I'm very grateful that she did because that was when I learned a lot. I learned a lot about color theory, color correction, formulation, like from all these crazy color corrections that I was doing in the beginning. Um, and you know, I, I kind of had in my head that I was, I wanted to do more creative color and I was like, oh, I don't need to do all of this to do creative color, but you absolutely do. Underneath, underneath a rainbow head is a perfectly lightened canvas. So you need to know what you're doing. So I definitely, I don't know. I, that was a very challenging time, but I'm so glad that, you know, my boss pushed me in that way. And so I, so then I won, I went to the one shot awards and I won the award for student and when that happened, that was kind of like the takeoff moment for me. Um, my life changed drastically after that. And I would say that that kind of like, I had a very fast few years, um, which was good and bad in certain ways. Like a lot of things happened really fast for me. And I feel like it was hard to process, but also like I did so many things in my first year of being a hairdresser that like I couldn't even imagine now looking back doing in like five years. So it was a very crazy, it's been a very crazy fast paced journey overall, but um, I ended up to answer your question. <laughs> I ended up going, um, leaving that salon and going to another salon in Maryland. Um, I'm not sure. Do you follow be seen or do you know, be seen? Yeah, his Instagram name is Be Seen. His name is Lynn Fawn, but he um, he has a salon. He had a salon in Maryland. And I basically, like, left my salon and went to that salon and started working there. Um, and then I worked there until I moved to L.A. Yeah. Wow. Um, what was it that brought you out to L.A.? Uh, behind the chair. So I I left my job, my first salon, and went to work for Lynn. And it was that was a big move for me because I am, I, I'm a people pleaser and I struggle really, really hard with disappointing and upsetting people. And my boss was really upset that I left. Um, and I, I had a feeling that she would be because I left pretty soon after I got my license and 
you know, looking back, like, that's so unfair. Like, that's, and she spent all of that time kind of, like, invested in me. And then I, I left pretty quickly afterwards. Um, and, I mean, I, I see both sides of it now. Like, at first, I was like, I, you know, I can't believe she's not happy for me. Like, this isn't fair. But, like, now that I look back, she has spent, like, years you know, teaching me, investing in me, all of these things. And I kind of just like, didn't even give her like a year on the floor. Um, so that wasn't really fair, but the reason why I left, um, I just felt like the clientele and the things that I wanted to be doing and the culture of the salon, um, at BC and just like felt more of the right fit for me. It was very social media savvy. Everyone was taking photos of their clients um, it just was like, I mean, there was tons of creative color happening. Whereas like at my salon, you know, it was, I was really the only one to be honest, doing any sort of creative color. Nobody was, nobody had an Instagram. Nobody really was like into social media. Um, and it just kind of felt like, it felt like the right move for me. Um, but anyways, I, I went to be seen and then I was working there for a while. And when I started working there, um, my boss, Lynn, he bought a camera for the salon. He bought like a very expensive, nice Nikon DSLR camera. And up until then I'd been using my phone, which I mean, at the time was like an iPhone six. <laughs> so it's fine. But like, I can't, like, I used that camera for the first time and I was like, Oh, I've got to figure this out. Like I need to learn this thing because like I can already tell this is going to be a game changer for me. Um, and of course the first like few times I used it, I was like, I'm trash. I can't do this. Like all the photos were darker, blurry and terrible. And, but I spent so much time. I mean, I would come in every Saturday and Sunday, whether I had, whether I had actual clients or not, and I would book a model and I would be there for 13 hours, like literally all day, just like doing the color, doing the wardrobe, doing the makeup, putting together a photo shoot, practicing on the camera until I figured it out. And that really, really taught me or not taught me, but that like brought to my attention how much I loved photography. I'd never really explored it at all, but I was like, I, this is a whole separate thing. Like, yes, I love doing the hair, but I was finding myself being like, I can't wait to be done this hair so that I can take these photos. So it was like, it kind of like, mm. it, it showed me that, that I re like photography was like such a thing for me. And so when I started doing that, I kind of started playing around with like editorial photography and it was becoming not just like a, I'm going to do this pretty hair and take like a hair photo. But then it became like a whole thing. I was like, I'm going to take hair shots when I was going to take like editorial shots. Like I was so focused on, the um the photos and the the end result and all of that more than I was focused on like the actual hair I mean not to a point that it was like taking away but it just was like becoming my new passion so I I met Mary when I won the student award and she you know she kind of was like I'm just going to give you any opportunity I can basically um, and she did, and she, I, I got to do a lot of amazing things and we kind of started having a, we would always casually joke around. Like she would always kind of be like, if you ever want to work here, just like, let me know. And I was like, oh, okay. Ha ha. Like whatever. And then 
I came out to LA a couple, I would come out to LA every now and then just to like, honestly, really just like hang out. And then I'd be there at the house. They have a house in LA where they, where we shoot content and I would come out and they'd be having photo shoots and I'd be there. And Mary would just kind of like, be like, come jump in, like come help out or whatever. And I would get my hands in there and like the editors that worked there, Mary, they'd be like, God, it's so nice. Like having a hairstylist on set. Cause Right now, there's only one other person that's a hairdresser that's on the team. Um, and I don't think that, I can't remember, I'm not, I can't remember when she started, but like there hasn't really been like a history of having a lot of hairdressers. So they loved having me out there. They're like, it's so nice having someone who's like, knows how to do social, knows how to take photos. Like, and then we kind of started talking about it a little bit more seriously because every time I go out there, I'd be like, oh my God, I want to live in LA. And she'd be like, if you're serious, like I'll give you a job out here. Like you would have to move to LA, but like I will make you a position. And so finally, I think that I was kind of just like, I'm somebody who gets bored very easily. And I think that I was feeling bored or restless or whatever um, in the current situation that I was in and was just kind of like, I'm moving to LA. And so I did, uh, she gave me a job and I took it and I moved to LA and it was very like, I moved out here by myself. She gave me the job like end of January. I was out here by the end of February. So it was like a very quick kind of like, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's amazing, Meg, because it's like, you can hear the, the constant, um, hustle, you know, like working 13 hours, taking whatever you you could to just be curious about color. And I love the fact that you didn't stay where you were because it would have been the yeah. lid on your success. You, you just were like, this is not where I want to be. It's not exactly the fulfillment that I'm looking for. And so like that getting bored easily is more so you just finding what is it that's filling my soul? What is giving me that passion that I need to explore the creativity. And so I, you know, I applaud you on, you know, taking that risk, that chance of, you know, it, just keep on moving in your career. Sure. Otherwise, yeah. And I, I just like, I've always been that way. Like even, you know, I got like my first job when I was like 13 as like, I don't know if this is like a worldwide thing. So I don't know if people are going to know what I'm saying, but like, I was like a mother's helper. I like basically like went to like people's houses and like watched their kids, but like they were there. It was like an intro to babysitting, but they would like pay me like a little fee. So I like had like allowance and like had money, but I would like, it was like baby, like, basically like babysitting with supervision. So I would do that. And then I started babysitting. I started like lifeguarding. Like I always wanted to have my own money. I don't, I don't think that it was like a financial thing, obviously, because at 13, like you have your parents, but it just like felt good to be able to be in control of basically like, like if I wanted something, I could get it. I didn't have to ask for it. Like I didn't have to rely on somebody else. One, I was like, I hate asking for things. Like I was saying before, I'm a people pleaser. I'm so like psycho aware of other people's emotions to like to a detrimental point sometimes, but like, I didn't want to be like, ask my parents for anything. So like having that freedom and that independence is like something that was like always very important to me. So I always worked all the time. Um, I always, if, if I wanted something like I was like, 
I just will figure out how to get it. Like most of the time it's just a lack of like knowing how to get it or knowing how to do it. And I kind of feel like where we are in society right now, you can pretty much learn how to do anything with a few search words. Like everything is so available to us. It's like, that's why with the camera, like when I first started with the camera in the beginning and I, I, I struggled a lot with it in the beginning. And I was like, I'm not going to give up on this tool and like lose that opportunity to like take my work to the next level simply because I don't know how to, like, that's just not acceptable. I'll figure it out. So I kind of like have always had that kind of mentality. And when it came to like picking up and moving to LA, I was, I was feeling like I was, was something was missing and there was more things that I wanted to explore. And it terrified me. I went back and forth about moving to LA for a very long time. Um, well, not for a very long time, for a month, <laughs> which I'm glad that that's all I had because I don't know if I would have moved out here <laughs> if I had like six months. Um, but I knew in my heart that that fear of moving out there would never outweigh the regret of just not knowing what would have happened if I'd come out here. Um, and LA has been really hard. Like it's been a, it's been a really hard place to just like move to and live. Like it seems like great and like perfect out here and like sunny and amazing, but it's a pretty tough city. Um, but all of that aside, I just regret is powerful. And I was like, I just don't want to feel, feel that feeling. I knew I would, if I didn't at least try. Mm. I love that, that you said it that way of, you know, the, the, the fear of unknowing is not as great as the fear of yeah, knowing that definitely. if it would have worked. Um, I, what, it, what motivates you? You, you have really stretched yourself out and have gone to places that most people have that fear and and make the decision to stay where they're at stay small what motivated you to to get out of the box um a couple things i think i think honestly it's a it's a combination of good things and bad things um good things i so Jumping back to when I won the One Shot Student Award in 2016, um, I I was like in September, and I think they announced like the contest, like the opening of the contest, like that previous February, and I didn't really know a lot about Behind the Chair at the time. Like I'd been following them, but I like didn't know anyone there. I didn't like know anything really about them except that they were like an account basically that was like a, that would repost your work and that was like a big deal and so I kind of was like I want to get reposted on this page like I started like it started become coming on my radar and I was like looking more into it so when they announced that they were having <clears throat> excuse me they were having a contest for some reason and I still to this day do not know I have no explanation for it but for some reason, I was like, I have got to be there. Like, I have to get myself to that to that show. I like envision myself winning. I was like, I am going to figure out how I can how I can get there. And I I looked. I remember this so clearly. This is gonna sound so psycho, but it was like midnight one night. I was at the salon, 
when I was an apprentice, we could only take like our own models on the side after work hours. So I think I had worked like 10 a.m. to like 6 p.m. or something. And then I had a friend. Um, oh, actually, she was a coworker. I did her hair after work that night. And I was standing there, like cleaning up the salon, getting ready to kind of leave or whatever. And I was cleaning the mirror. And I just like was like, this is so dramatic. But I like looked myself in the eye and was like, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get there. Like we are going to this, like we're doing this. And so what's even crazier is the girl whose hair I did that night. I took her picture like in the corner with like a crappy phone crappy ring light like the whole background of the photo it's like so shadowy but that is the photo that won for me like I won with that that picture and it was like after hours so late I was doing that every day every weekend like take I took as many people as I could for that competition like the whole salon knew that I was like going for this thing like I was taking models every possible moment that I could I entered so many photographs and I ended up that year getting nominated like I think five times and three of the photos that were nominated were for the big shot category which is like it's basically like hot shot is more like kind of like casual behind the chair and then big shot is like studio production level work which like I still to this day I'm like I mean the, the competition has evolved but like still to this day I was like I don't feel like I deserved that but in it you're always your, your own worst critic or whatever but um but so that like I had I had this crazy motivation to like get myself to this place and I worked so hard and I had such clear intention like I could literally see myself on that stage and I did and when I when I got nominated and when I went to the show and when I stood on the stage and I won the award it was such a big thing for me because I it just like taught me so much about myself because prior to that, prior to doing hair, I never followed through with anything. I had horrible self-confidence, self-esteem. It's like, I can't do that. Like I'll never, I'm never going to amount to anything. I dropped out of college. Like I was, I just did not have any faith in myself at all. And me starting from where I was getting to that point and like me having been like, I'm going to do this and actually doing it and it actually happening taught me so much about like, if you want something, just you can just have it. You just have to work really hard and like not let really let anything get in your way. And it was like such a big thing for me. It really was a huge moment um, seeing that all kind of like come together in the way that it did. Um, that's the good. That's the positive. And then I've always kind of been somebody who um place a lot of like my self-worth and my self-value in work just work in general not even like this is before hair but like I I always like to work really hard because I feel like it was very like my dad's a really hard worker he always he's always had multiple jobs so I feel like I got it from him but like work was basically like my purpose and it made me feel like it gave me something I guess um so working very very hard was kind of like just this thing that I did to, you know, sometimes to extremes and I'm, I'm not a very balanced person. <laughs> so it was like a combination, I feel like, um, of just me having so much self-esteem and self-worth and appreciation for who I am wrapped up in how much I'm working. And then also like 
seeing that manifestation play play out from the very, very, very small start to that, you know, monumental moment for me was, it really was like a pivotal moment, uh, personally, professionally, mentally for me. So that was huge for me. Mm. Do you feel like your same, um, now that you are where you are, do you feel like you are still putting a lot of self-worth into um, work? Yes. I think it's, I think it's shifted a little bit for me um, in terms of, yes, I definitely do put self-worth into my work and honestly, like purpose, like it just makes me feel like I have a purpose. Um, but I, I do kind of, for me now, I think it's more about um, trying to describe it. Like, I feel like now I'm more like, so before it was like, how many hours can I work? Like if I'm working all these, all like all these long hours, like that gave me like a great sense of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, this is great. I'm working so much. Like I'm a great person. I'm a hard worker, whatever. But now it's more, I feel like it's more about like the creativity for me, I think now. Um, and the focus is more like the quality of the work, I feel like. And if the quality of the work doesn't feel up to my standards, I suppose, then I, then I have like, I have things wrapped around that, like self-esteem wrapped around quality of the work, not necessarily like how many hours I'm working. Yeah. And, and you mentioned before that that creativity, even in the very beginning, when you started doing the creative color, you felt that purpose, you felt that passion and together it really had, you know, paved your way into the future of where you are today. Let's, let's talk about that, where you are today. So 2016 had this pivotal moment. You won this award. You started, and then you moved out to LA. Um, okay. So now, I mean, on a typical day before, you know, before quarantine, um, we, I, I was working four to five times a week, um, at the content house that I was talking about earlier, just like photo shoots all day. Like whether we were shooting like live stream education, or we did a lot of like content creation for brands. So like brands would approach us and be like, we need, we need content either just like in general, like we need new content or if it was specific for like a product launch or a campaign. And we would spend all day taking photos, like doing hair. And that was really, really cool. Um, that taught me so much about, I mean, I have a very specific aesthetic that I have kind of cultivated through, a, you know, a few years of trial and error and just like evolution and, um, it changes. I feel like it changes. It changes a lot depending on like what I'm inspired by, but it has evolved into something that I feel like is pretty, like I'm, I'm pretty picky, um, in terms of my own aesthetic, but when a brand approaches you and, and you know, needs content, you can't let any of your own aesthetic come into that. Like they already have an aesthetic. So if you try to take your aesthetic and put it to where they are, then it's not, that's not what they're really asking for. 
So it taught me a lot about recognizing aesthetics, you know, being able to recreate a vibe or a mood that is specific to a brand or a person, um, which has really kind of like, it was, it was challenging for me at, at first because I felt myself always let, letting my own style trickle in. Um, and I had to like put that aside. I had to be like, it's not about you. <laughs> like it's about the client. They have like Moroccan oil, for example, has a very different vibe than I do. I mean, my colors are loud. I have like sometimes like crazy styles, crazy wardrobe. They're like a very clean classic look. So if I were to bring my style in there, like it's just not going to work. So it taught me a lot about like recognizing aesthetics, working with brands, reproducing an aesthetic. Like it's taught me a ton. Um, and that was really, really, like I said, in the beginning it was really challenging, but it was really fun. Like once I started getting in the swing of things and we were doing that pretty often. Um, and I was also, you know, taking my own models and doing my own shoots um, whenever I had time. So usually like weekends or like one day during the week. And that was really great. It's surprisingly conservative out here, which like I was not expecting. Um, I thought I was going to come out here and like people were going to be like, color my whole head, every color of the rainbow. But I have a very editorial style um and I'm very picky about models most of the girls that I found out here that I liked um they were like I can't do that to my hair (laughs) trying to get signed to an agency or I'm an actor or I'm an actress like I can't I can't have hair like that so that was definitely a bit of a surprise for me and a bit of a challenge but right now I mean you know since since the pandemic hit we've been working for home from home since March um So that's been, that was a big adjustment period for everybody. I think like globally, um, just like switching to working from home and all the things that have come along with that. But so now we are all, we're all working from home and I had to really um, pivot my job because obviously I am not able to be on set because we're you know, that's not really allowed in California. We've had, we've had pretty strict um, restrictions since it all started. Like our, we haven't really, it hasn't really eased up a ton. Um, so I'm not doing that every day. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm writing articles. My, my editorial boss has basically, you know, really reworked things on the editorial team to give me things to do, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but it's been, it's been really challenging for me to not really have that um, creative outlet that I was having at least, usually at least like four times a week. Um, so it's very different now for sure. Mm. I mean, this whole, our yeah. whole industry has taken such a huge hit. You know, uh, what what are you thinking for what's next for you um and and what has uh scratch that what has been really helpful for you to get you through this time um well i i mean i just recently started working um in a suite on the weekends i found a girl who was renting out her small little studio suite 
at Salon Republic just on Saturdays and Sundays, which works worked out for me because, you know, I work full time during the week. Um, and that has been really nice to get my hands back into hair. But it's one I like didn't even take into consideration that I was going to be working seven days a week because I was like, I just want my hands and hair. And I do I do feel like I'm I'm feeling burnt out. And it's only been like three weekends of me doing this. But it's it's really different. Like <laughs> it's really different taking clients than taking models. Which like, why did I why did I forget that? <laughs> it's just yeah. like there's so much more anxiety and pressure yeah. that comes along with like a person who's paying you a good amount of money to love their hair. Um so I mean I definitely feel like for you know, I feel like there was like phases during the pandemic. Like, I feel like at first we were all like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm about to go stock up on snacks and like take a two week chill time and like watch Netflix and like be a bum. And then I feel like once things started being like, okay, I think this is going to like go longer than we thought, then people were like, uh, okay, I'm like kind of over this. I'd rather just like be going somewhere. <laughs> And then, you know, when Salon shut down, um, I mean, when Salon shut down, technically, like, when that first happened, that it wasn't affecting me because I wasn't in a salon. Um, but then I realized that it, it, you know, once California really shut down, like, technically, like, house calls or taking models or whatever, it was not allowed either. So I have had a really hard time, honestly, like, throughout this whole thing, because I... I've become so like hair has just become the main source for me of my creative outlet. And I've realized that like doing clients and doing hair, it's not, it's not enough. Like that's not really what gives me that, like that energy. Like I feel like I leave the studio salon suite exhausted and tired and I like look forward to the week now because that's when I like can just like sit down and breathe and chill. But like on the weekends when I'm doing hair, like I've realized that it's that whole thing for me. It's like the creative freedom. It's knowing it's, you know, talking to the person, making mood boards on Pinterest, like coming up with the clothes, coming up with where we're going to shoot, finding a location, like, you know, spending hours looking at other artists and photographers and fashion shows that give me inspiration and tying that all in and taking the photos and editing the photos like that whole thing is what really gives me the most satisfaction and you know doing a client while I am I do have my hands and hair it's just not the same thing it's two different things and I I don't really know why I forgot that but I did and you know I haven't done clients in like I haven't done clients since I moved out here and I moved out here February of 2019. So it'll be almost two years. I haven't like been behind the chair like that in like almost two years. And I'm girl, I am rusty. So I am like really going slow. I don't have any time to take photos of any of my clients. So it's like, it's just made me realize that, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's, there's a lot of stigma around creativity. I think, um, you know, you know, people, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not a creative person or, oh, I'm not creative. 
but I think that everybody is creative. People just, some people just haven't either haven't discovered it yet or they don't know how to use it um, or they have it and it just goes unused. But I really do believe that like mm. that does not, that does not go with, without consequences, like not expressing yourself creatively. I really feel like it leads to a lot of, a lot of issues like depression, anxiety, you know, like mental health issues, like addiction, because it's, it's such a release, I feel like. And when that builds up and you don't get to express it, that's when I feel like the human body and the mind, like it just, you know, it has to result to other things to kind of like mimic that release. And most of the time I feel like it's not, it's not a healthy, a healthy release. Um, But yeah, I just, I guess, I guess to answer your question, I don't really know. I haven't really found like, I've been trying to do other things to kind of like feel creative, but I just like, don't really feel like it's the same. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, now that things are, I mean, I hate to even say this out loud, but I, I'm nervous that we are going to shut down again, but while things are still open right now, um, I, I have a couple like photo shoots lined up that I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but the burnout is real. And I think a lot of people are, I've talked to a lot of my friends that are hairdressers and I know that like a lot of people are feeling the same way. It's just, it's so, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but when you can't, when you don't, have that outlet or that outlet kind of is taken away from you it just feels really not great (laughs) like it feels kind of like you know I don't know yeah I I definitely agree like I my motto was Mm -hmm. always education brings inspiration and as a hairstylist when we feel uninspired it leads us down a dark path because we find that that fuel that passion that purpose that energy that that life through creativity. And I think that it's just so important to explore all sorts of different avenues. You know, you and I spoke at the beginning of this conversation about how times are weird with Zoom and things like that. But, you know, even your, you know, you recently had a behind the chair class on redheads. And, you know, I don't even know if you know how many people were able to get in touch with that class and so. just really feel re-inspired uh, by your message and, and your, um, how, how you think about color, you know? And I think that we have to just continue focusing on what we can control and explore new op- opportunities of, of creativity. You know, I, I truly believe that this is not going to be forever and that eventually we will be able to make plans ahead, you know, and I do believe in the importance of manifestation and, um, but also living in the moment, right? Um, It's, it's definitely very challenging times for our industry, but it's so encouraging though, to hear people who, you know, your journey, your path that you have taken, you know, it's really, it's, it's still in the the beginning stages. There's so much more that life has to offer you. And, um, you know, at the moment, it's just like, it's on pause. So (laughs) where's this, where's the silver lining here? You know, like, I don't, I don't know about you, but like, you know, the whole month of April and May, 
I definitely had some up yeah. and downs, like major bipolar feeling. Um, but I really took that opportunity of not working behind the chair to learn and to find, um, you know, a new passion with education. Uh, do you have any classes coming up or do you have any uh, future desires of, of educating more and, and using that platform yeah, um, so something that I kind of experience and knowledge. Um, I mean, everybody really, you know, all of my audience and everything that I've taught mostly for the most part has been color focused. Um, and I, like I said, I love color. Like it's definitely a major, a major way for me to express my creativity but like I was kind of telling you before, like the, the photography um, aspect of it has been something that I've just continued to fall in love with. And I've started kind of like, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but Instagram has been a bit challenging to be on, to rely on recently. Um, and, you know, all the young kids are on TikTok. So I started like switching over to TikTok a little bit. And kind of posting like these videos where it would basically be me and my model. And I would show kind of like some ideas on how to pose or some ideas on like some creative photo shoot like um, concepts. And I would take like a little behind the scenes of it. And then I would show like the final result. And people have been like really loving that. So I definitely want to start doing more of that. Um, and teaching people that because I feel like one, I really love it, but two, I feel like that aspect is something that people struggle with a lot. I mean, there's so much color education out there. Like there is, and everybody in this industry, like there are so many talented colorists. Um, and I'm, just from t talking to people and meeting people, a lot of people have said to me, like, I know I'm a badass colorist. Like I know I can do color. I just cannot photograph it. Like I cannot get that, like, how do you get that final shot? And so I feel like there are, I mean, it, it also depends on like what your goals are. Not everybody's goal is to post on Instagram and grow their Instagram. Like some people are focused on getting clients. Some people are fully booked and they don't need more clients. Um, but the, for the, for the people that do, you know, want to showcase their work in a different better light. Um, I do really feel like I can, I can help with that and kind of like help pe people grow, you know? A hundred percent, you know, and Meg, I think businesses really need to use that platform yes. to showcase what they're capable of. You know, we don't have to look at the van vanity exactly. numbers of how many followers or likes, but ultimately those images are what For is sure. going to generate paying clients. So it should be a huge importance. And I, I hundred percent agree with you. Like I've seen some really great um, hairstylists and colorists that I'm like, okay, <laughs> your, your Instagram right. and your pictures suck. <laughs> you need some help. And it's so sad though, because it's like Justice. your, your images are not even like doing they're not showcasing and, and serving justice of yes. uh, how great of a artist that you truly are. I love yes. that. And I hope that you continue to expand upon that. Um, 
And we're um, gonna wrap up this, Meg. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I feel like you are just you've got such a wealth of knowledge and um you're such a deep person. And um I'm really excited to share your story with all of our listeners. Um before we go, is there any type of words that you could leave our listeners that you could share some <laughs> inspiration with besides your entire story that was inspiring, but something you could leave with, with um, a stylist who's feeling yeah, um, so like they want to go for more. You know, kind of tying everything that we talked about together. I feel like, you know, there's right now things are a bit, you know, nobody can really predict what's going to happen next. Um, I know that 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 is scary for a lot of people. And like we were talking about before, like people are struggling with finding a creative outlet. They're struggling with, um, I know a lot of people's like identities are even wrapped up in their, their creativity. And something that I feel like I've learned during this time is there's something so amazing about and so liberating about going into your work, strictly seeking the joy that comes from creating just to create without any end goal that relies on anyone else for validation. So I used to, I used to create work based on what I think would do well on social media. And there's a, like, there's a little bit of stress that comes along with that. And there's like some pressure, like, while you're creating the color or while you're taking the photo and then you build yourself up. Cause you're like, Oh, I created this whole thing. That's going to do so good on social media. And there was such an emphasis on like things going viral for a long time. And it was like, if your post wasn't successful, it's like, not only do you feel like, dang, like I didn't get the engagement I wanted, but then you're like, am I actually even a good hairstylist? It gets in your head. So I would, I would, I would challenge everyone who's feeling uninspired or feeling you know, confused or lost to just, even if you just get a wig or a mannequin, just go into it just with the sole intention of creating just to create and tap back into that feeling that you get when you create without worrying about anything else, like putting all of that external validation aside and just painting ahead exactly how you want it to, putting on, putting your headphones on, putting music on and just creating and enjoying the feeling that comes like all of the, all of the feelings that come to you as an artist, when you get to have all of that freedom, like something about that is so, I feel like it's, it is very restoring for like the soul, for the mind, for everything. Um, and I, I, like I was saying, I have a few shoots coming up and I plan to do exactly that because those models, you know, I have the luxury with them of complete and total creative freedom and I just can already, like, I already can anticipate that feeling that comes along with, like, I might not even post it. Like, you don't even have to post mm. it. Like, I, you know, put that even aside. Don't even think about Instagram. Like, maybe don't even take photos. Just create and be in the moment and tap back into how that feels. And you're even just, like, in your body, like, what that brings to you. And I feel like that is is restorational a word? <laughs> I feel like it's very restorational. I don't even know if that's a freaking word, but I feel like it's very grounding and kind of like brings the, brings you back um, into your center, into your body, and like kind of just reminds you that like you really do love doing what you do. Um, 
and you don't really need like the validation of other people to give you that feeling. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love that. And I know oh, exactly so nice. what you're talking about. And it's just such a beautiful thing when you come am, across yes. that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're looking forward to that. Um, Meg, tell, tell everybody how they can get in touch with okay, you. Okay. So and, yeah. So and, you guys can follow show me you some love. on um, Instagram. My handle is at Schmegs and Bacon um, with two N's. <laughs> and I, you can shoot me a DM anytime you want. I will respond. Um, I'm really good at reading through all of my messages and responding to everyone that sends me a message. I'm always down for a good conversation. So I will, I'm, a, I'm an open book. Um, if you just need someone to talk to, if you need any advice on color or whatever, just shoot me a DM and I will respond. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Meg. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. If you love to keep track of your favorite shows, then subscribe to this podcast to receive the newest edition when it's released. This podcast was created with you in mind, so I'd love to get your review to learn how this podcast has helped you in your career. And because I love my listeners and want to connect more, join me in our free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash salon and suite business. My mission is to help beauty professionals like you create a career that supports the life you want to live. Thank you for being a part of the journey.